You're listening to the Millennials Choice Show, Canada's most trusted podcast on all things real estate, finance, and entrepreneurship. Here's your host, Matthew Ablican. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millennials Choice Show. I'm your host, Matthew Ablican, and I'm here with my co-host, Danny Ablican. What's going on, everyone? Danny. You know, welcome to the show once again. I mean, you're the co-host. You should be starting the show once in a while, don't you think? People want to hear from you. People love my voice that much, eh? Yeah, I think it's a great voice. I think it's a great voice. But today we got a you know special episode. We want to talk about the Bank of Canada's recent interest rate announcement on April 12th, where they held the rate steady. And what does that mean for the market? Um, you know, we can't. We're not really gonna try to predict what they want to do because. They could say one thing and do another or mean another, but we want to look at what's happening in real time in the market and how this decision will impact what's going on in the market. Exactly. So they've um, held the overnight rate at 4.5. Oh, hang on, hang on. Guys, like this episode, (laughs) share with your family and friends, you know, download it, leave us a comment and check out our various websites, millennialstudy.com, financialfreedomclub.ca forward slash ebook. Go ahead, Danny. Now that those are done with. They're out of the way. Out of the way. Like I was saying, they held the overnight rate at 4.5%, which um, is a good thing in my opinion, because uh, a lot of people right now that have the variable rates are paying really, really high um, rate, like payments out of their pocket because the rates are high. Uh, Right now, they're about usually prime plus, I want to say 30. Some banks have even dialed back and... uh, are actually charging people even more. Well, what does that mean? Like, what's the rate? So right now, if the prime rate, I'm just trying to remember exactly what it is for all the other banks. TD uses a different prime rate. But long story short, right now, with RBC, you could get roughly 6.5, 6.7% for your variable rate mortgages. So keeping the rate steady like this does help people that have variable rate mortgages um, that don't change. But uh, now you'll have more of the payment going towards your principal as opposed to interest. Um, which wouldn't be good just for those people trying to spend more money in the economy. Uh, more money being spent into their mortgage means less money that they can spend, um, you know, on the grocery in the grocery store and so on and so forth. So there's gonna be yeah, more you're, money. You're saying keeping it the same, it, it doesn't change anything. Obviously, it's keeping it the same. Yeah. And there's there's it's not that there's more money being paid towards your principal now than there would have been, you know, last month, but it's. The idea is that it didn't go up. Them not Your increasing didn't it. Go up. Exactly. Yeah. That's what yeah, I'm saying. It kept it the same. Them not increasing it, um, yeah. you know, continues to help Canadians right now um, not pay more out of pocket. Of course. You know, yeah, towards yeah. interest. So, um, what else does this not affect or impact? What do you mean, not impact? Well, the rates. Oh, what so, else is impacted? Yeah. By? So, it doesn't impact the fixed rates, of course. Um, for those of you guys that don't know this, uh, the fixed rates are not determined by what the Bank of Canada does. Normally, you know, the fixed rates do kind of follow suit with what happens with the Bank of Canada, but that's a different story entirely. Uh, the fixed rates are connected to the uh, the bond yields. So all that pretty much means is the fixed rates will not be impacted by this um, as of right but now. Also, but least. also if you have like unsecured debt, like lines of credits, loans. Those don't get impacted either. They exactly. don't get impacted. They stay where they're at. So the qualifying rate right now is going to be 2% above what you're getting. Yep. So if you're getting 6.5, you have to qualify at 8.5. You got it. But then there's also the benchmark rate, which is somewhere in the fives. And that's what they're pushing for. A lot of regular, the the mortgage broker industry, a lot of the the advocates for home ownership are saying, instead of taking the higher of the two, like why are we going to take the higher of the two uh, if, if variable rate is already at its 
its highest point we've seen. Why don't we just take the lower of the two? Because that's what you're actually going to be getting. So as of right now, exactly. But I think right they're now. just trying to protect the Canadian economy when it comes to future rates, possibly. Uh, you know, in the next couple coming years, we never know. The, the stress test. Yeah. yeah, the stress test, right? So it kind of makes sense. You're right. I agree with that. If they were to use the lower of the two, just because, like you said, right now you could get fixed rates. At, like I saw them the other day. It was like 4.59, right? Uh, given and 4.59 you to 6.5 is a big difference. It's huge. It's 2%. Guys. Huge difference. So, so you can qualify at, instead of having to go through variable and then qualify at 8.5 or 8.7, you could go into the bank and say, I want a fixed rate. Let's say for whatever reason, they're offering you 5%, then you'll qualify at seven. And so you'll qualify for way less, meaning you could actually qualify for more money. Exactly. For more of a mortgage. For those of you looking to yeah. get into the market right now, I definitely would not recommend getting a variable. It's just going to be harder for you to qualify for a bigger mortgage. Yeah. It would definitely be uh, more of a short-term um, fixed rate that I would recommend going for. Definitely. Yeah. And then, you know, in towards the end of March, we started to see the market really turn. And we started to seeing a lot, a lot more buyers come back into the market. Yeah. We started to see bidding wars in certain pockets. We started to see... Uh, supply increase a little bit as well because sellers were starting to feel more comfortable listing their their products and at the same time there's more demand so it's a spring market sellers feel more optimistic they go to they go to the market and a lot of listings were not lasting more than a week in certain pockets so now with this announcement and and until the next one that they have in june i think that the market's going to continue to remain strong and we're going to see that increase because it's going to provide that optimism to people that okay the worst is behind us yeah now we're going to see stable growth and this might be our our very last chance to get in i definitely think the market's going to continue growing um i even i could even see it going uh at a more substantial rate than it's going right now um ideally we want it to have a stable growth not like what happened in february of 2022 um that wasn't healthy for our market but uh with the supply issues that we have you know we both talk about this all the time supply will never catch up to demand at this pace, right? So there will always be a need for housing. There will always be more people that want to buy than people that are selling, right? Which is not really the greatest thing just because it's going to just make things more and more expensive, right? For everybody. So yeah, it's weird. You have all these different opinions on the market. Like you look at someone like Dave Ramsey and he goes, the market's not coming down. It's simple demand and supply. And then you look at certain, certain people that are on the other side of the equation that say, like Robert Kiyosaki, who says what's about to happen with, you know, the reserve currency of the world and and this war and all these different things that, you know, digital currencies, it's going to cause everything to collapse. First, the stock market, then real estate. And and so it's it's very interesting times that we're living in. But what we do know for a fact is that, yes, supply is at an all time low. Demand is less than it was February of 2022. So be it. But there's still a lot more demand than there is supply. And what happens when interest rates go up? We have not seen a correction happen. We saw a little bit of a, a slight, slight adjustment in prices. Not much. You know, it still brought us back to October 2021 levels. Like that's still high. It's, it wasn't it wasn't cheap back then. No, yeah. We just saw really bad, really quick growth from November 2022 or 2021 to February of 2022. We saw like a 20% average increase across the market that was that was not right that's not the norm no so yeah i think i think we are now more stabilized but we're seeing the market change how long that'll last for i don't know 
The difference is now you're getting into a market where the rates are not 2%. They're not 1% anymore. They're not 3%. So you're faced with the challenges. You're faced with high cost of, of home ownership, not only from the perspective of the price you're paying, but also from your monthly payments. Borrowing, exactly. The borrowing costs are up. So it's going to be a, <clears throat> very interesting to see how that plays out. I think, I think that more and more people are going to be forced into the rental market. I, I'm going to go on record. I've been saying this, that with immigration, with you know the ban on foreign buyers, with all these different things, there's going to be a lot more renters coming into the rental market. And the need for that affordable housing is going to now apply to the rental market too, I think. Dude, people will not have an option. They will get squeezed out of the market in terms of buying, um, not because of anything they've done, just because of demand and supply, because everything is so much more expensive right now because of the supply is limited for housing. There's bidding wars happening. We see it every single day. Um, guys, for those of the people that are waiting for the market to crash and you've been saying that it's going to crash for such a long time, sorry to disappoint you, it's not looking like it's going to happen at all. The numbers don't show it. The amount of activity that we're seeing doesn't show it. Um, what the Bank Canada did is definitely not going to support that happening. Um, we don't see it happening at all anytime in the near future at all. So for those of you waiting, just you know, keep waiting if you want, but uh, it's definitely not our recommendation definitely to get in and start building equity because you're never going to out, uh, out-save inflation. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, if you're ready to buy a property, buy a property. It's not, I mean... If you're holding it for 20, 30 years, it really doesn't matter what happens in the short term. So if you're ready to buy a property, then then do that and obviously get a mortgage pre-approval. If, if you got a pre-approval a year ago, then it doesn't really matter at this point because rates have changed and the market has changed. So it's important to now revisit that and get properly pre-approved and then speak with your realtor based on what you can afford, what you're willing to afford now you're able to start the search. But if you're ready to buy a house or a property, investment property, don't wait. Yeah. That's what I'm telling people. There's just no benefit. I don't no. see a benefit. Like Matthew said, you know, if you're buying a rental, or even if, a place, if it's a place you're living in and you're planning on keeping it long-term, there is no immediate downside right now. You might be paying a little bit uh, out of pocket because the rates are higher. But again, guys, the rates will come back down eventually. And the rates are pretty much down right now, guys. They're at 4.59% on a fixed year. Uh, I think that's a five-year fixed. So, um, yeah, don't, don't expect the rates to come back down to, you know, half a percent or 1% like they were um, when COVID started. Obviously, that was a pandemic and the government had to make take serious actions to try to prevent the Print a lot from, of money and yeah. inject it into our system and encourage spending. Exactly. So that right? was a very different time, very extremely different. isolated. Like, yeah. you're not going to see 1%, <clears throat> at least for the near future, in my opinion. Um, it just wouldn't make sense for the banks and the government to allow that to happen right now. Yeah, it's very interesting when we talk to people and they go, yeah, but you know, at today's rates, like now it's like, I'm waiting for the market to crash. I'm waiting for the rates to come down. I'm wa- it's like, how many things are you going to add to the waiting list that you yeah. have? Like, just if you're ready to get in, get in. Like, yeah. it's not going to matter in 30 years from now what you paid for the property or the rate that you got temporarily. It's not, exactly. like, it's not like you're stuck with that rate for the term of the the entire amortization of the mortgage it's just for a short term exactly whatever that is a year two three four five um and so i always tell people like now you're now you got used to these two is that just an excuse that you got used to these two percent rates because you clearly didn't understand what was happening in the market and why the rates were that low in the first place yeah so if you're ready to buy like stop adding to your wait list of things it's like a to-do list right this is my wait list don't don't do that if you're ready to buy 
Get in. There's opportunities. We're seeing them every day. I honestly said to uh, Sarah the other day, I go, I wish I had more money liquid so I could get into these opportunities. Definitely. I literally said that to Sarah the other day. I'm like, I, I want to be more liquid to get into more and more opportunities because I just don't see it going anywhere because I'm positioning my, the way I'm positioning myself is as a landlord. So in the future, I'm going to be renting out these properties and you know, as, as time goes on, my mortgage is going to get paid down or I can refinance, do whatever I want to do, but it's going to get paid down by my tenants. I'm going to build appreciation, build equity. I should say, and then hopefully there's appreciation, whether that's forced or just natural in the market. And yeah, I'm, I'm able to have that property. It provides something good to the economy, to society, because without investors, you don't have rental housing, really. You have a limited number with the government. So it's a good thing that what investors do, they provide housing for for people who can't afford to buy or are ineligible to buy. And and they're they're, they're forced to rent. So that's that's how I'm positioning myself. Definitely, man. People are always going to need a place to live, plain and simple, guys. So it's a bulletproof plan as long as you're thinking long-term, not short-term. For those people that are looking to buy and flip and try to force an appreciation, yeah, you might not make it happen within the next few months. You're going to pay a lot of fees, things like that. might not work. So I feel like unless you find the right specific deals uh, where it makes sense, numbers crunch, and it's very possible. You're talking but about flippers. I'm talking about flippers. Yeah, but so it's, it's like... Not, it's not always guaranteed, right? No, it's not. And it's like, here's the thing. A lot of you guys look at some of these flippers... They flash their their Rolex at you or, or a car at you or and they say, I've been making so much money flipping real estate these in these previous years, you know, 2021, 2022, um, early 2022. And it's like, here's the thing though, they all got wiped out for the most part throughout 2022 because of what happened with the interest rates. Yeah. The market slowed down. And my message to you guys is very simple. Anybody in times that are good and, and times that are looking up can make money. Yeah, You didn't have to be a genius. You could have just bought anything and held on to it and you would have made money. So don't look at those people that had some short-term success because anybody could have de- uh, did that and called you know the right calls. Look at the people that are building long-term portfolios, long-term wealth, because clearly there's a strategy. There's yep. a solution to it. And you know I've bought homes where they were complete gut jobs. I had to renovate them and I did. And I never flipped them. We kept them. And we've made a lot of money in there. There's the forced appreciation. There's the equity that, that we're building from now renting them out. But also the market did well. So all those things combined provided for a more stable solution to real estate investing. If you're just going to get into it to flip because you're trying to build capital, I mean, there's so many ways you can do that without going through the stress of buying a property, getting a mortgage, paying closing fees, all that stress that comes with that and then dealing with renovations to potentially make something. You could flip, it's not any, even guaranteed. You could flip anything. Flip anything. You could flip couches. People buy ro- do that buy on Facebook Rolexes if you, if you could get yeah. a good deal and, and flip them on the second market. The people have been making a killing doing that with watches. I know it's the, the markets come down <laughs> a little bit, but the point is there's anything you can do to, to make money and build capital and then invest in something long-term for your future. Exactly, 100%. And those are usually the same people, those flippers at the time where they're not making money because the market or whatever, they're starting to do courses. Oh, come sign up for my course on how to flip. Oh, yeah. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, we, like, the professionals teach people how to do it without offering a course. Like, we actually, that's our service, right? And it's like, don't just try to get people to sign up to get rich quick. We all know rich quick doesn't work. 
And if you don't know that, rich quick doesn't work. Just <laughs> some insight for people. Getting think, rich quick doesn't work because like, the, the, the quicker you get it, the quicker you lose it. Yeah. I know we, we're young and we want to have a nice car and a nice house and a nice lifestyle while we're young, but that's a really short term mindset. Yeah. You know, I, whatever your priorities are, whether you want to have a family, whether you want to do the travel thing, whatever it is, build what you're building to get to that point with a long term mindset. Yeah. If it's your business, if it's a portfolio, if it's a relationship, long term, always long term. Definitely, man. Yeah. So do I think that the Bank of Canada is going to be raising their rates in the future? I mean, I, I haven't read it too deep into it, but, you know, can they? Yes. Will they? Maybe. I don't know. Will they keep them the same? Will they decrease them? I don't know. It depends on really what, what happens in the market and in terms of the economy and, and things like that and what their goals are. Um, and they keep quoting inflation and, you know, having to reach that 2% mark. Yeah. We'll see what happens with, with those numbers and those figures. But at the end of the day, this is a, a fairly newer way of looking at the market when people say, I want to wait for the Bank of Canada decision. Because again, that only impacts, as you said, variable rate mortgages, lines of credits, things like that. And there are other alternatives that you could go with. And so we never used to focus on that as much. And now it's all over the mainstream news, as we know. And I want you guys that are listening to this, like if you guys want to invest, like that's not... You should take that into account. It's important to make your decision and, and you know, you could include that in your decision-making process, but it shouldn't stop, it's, it shouldn't stop yeah. you or it shouldn't encourage you. Like that's just part of it. It, it, it shouldn't be the lever. Yeah. It should be part of the decision-making process. And then there's so many other factors that should impact your decision. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. Anything else you want to add, Danny? No, that was it, man. Um, just last word of thought, like you said. Don't, you know, worry about things you can't control. We say this a lot. It's all, you know, a mindset that you have to have, a long-term mindset like we talked about this uh, uh, today. And uh, yeah, if you're interested into looking into it and you don't know where to start, you don't have to go and learn it all on your own. You have experts like me and Matt here for you guys. If you want to reach out to us, uh, we'll help you from the beginning to getting pre-approved all the way to uh, helping you guys find the right place and uh, getting an offer accepted and calling it home. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you're an investor and you want to build a long-term portfolio that's going to serve you in the long-term, you have a long-term mindset, you want to connect with me, that's what I do best. That's how I built my portfolio. That's what I enjoy doing. Connect with me. I'll happily go over that process with you and, and help you build a portfolio of your own. Yeah. Sounds good, man. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Again, share this with your family and friends. Like and subscribe. Uh, leave us a comment if there's a topic you're interested in hearing about please reach out to us connect with us on our uh, social media on instagram at matthew ablican danny ablican and at millennials choice and then until next time we are out we're out